0: Kimmy started crying, but she didn't seem to know why. I once saw a birth on television where the mom labored in a bath, and all her friends and her mom were around her. The baby was born underwater, calm, and it floated and held its breath right off. That's how I pictured Kimmy being born, Grace and Mandy with me, even though, of course, it couldn't be like that. Kimmy was born with just drill at the hospital. He spent the labor flipping through this Toyota engine manual to see if he couldn't fix up that free car he'd gotten down in Augusta. And wouldn't the baby like a new car? The drugs made my vision blurry, and when they put her on my chest, I couldn't focus on her face. How I was conceived, Dad always said, was my mom got caught smuggling pills from Canada, She told me she quit her birth control soon after, so the judge might pity the pregnant lady. I wanted to know her better than just this story, and used to steal her photo from dad's drawer. It was black and white. In it, she was leaning back against a tree. She wore a cropped shirt that showed her belly button. She was stabbed in prison, and she died from the wound. I wonder where on her body, and why. In the picture, she had nice teeth. Dad said he took the picture, but I don't believe it, the way she's looking at the camera. My guess is she hated him. My guess is she was looking at me, even if she didn't know it. Like she knew I'd spend all night lying with my dog on the carpet, the dad's shuffling had worn down to something hard and slippery, looking back at her. Dad was a wormer his whole life. He was also a sternman, and between seasons lay in bed, a bowl of thawed clams on his belly for snacking, another bowl on his legs for the shells. We lived together on the street Dad grew up on, the same street where three of his sisters lived. Two of them wouldn't talk to Dad, and the aunt that stayed friendly told me he only saved me from foster care for the welfare checks. But anyways, he stopped getting money when I was nine, and didn't send me back into care. So that couldn't have been the whole truth. That's how it's always been in this town. People saying shitty things to try and turn normal people into monsters. Dad only touched me twice. Both times he was gentle and looked bewildered, like my body wasn't the one he expected. But it was too late, too embarrassing for us both to turn back. The first time I ever talked to Grace, she didn't ask why I was calling so late on a school night, just said, hold on, sweetie, and woke Mandy up. Mandy and me did show choir at school together. I felt like I had to say something big, so I told her dad punched out all the windows in the boathouse, which he had done, just not that night. But the field was still shiny with glass, so the story seemed real enough. Before Grace and Mandy pulled into Dad's drive, they cut their headlights. I sprinted to the car, and Mandy and I sank low in the back seat and shrieked, full of the thrill of the kidnapping. We peeked at the bonfire going in Fulton's lot, sparks hissing off a burning couch, and I recognized my cousin swaying topless by the fire. The streets in Alma were quiet and moonlit. Their house stood all by itself at the end of a paved drive, with lawns on either side. The path to their doorstep was lined with lamps that ran off stored up sunshine. Behind the house, waves crashed on the beach. In Trelaw, I'd have to walk two miles to the wharf if I wanted the water. The rooms were bright with lamps and vases of cut flowers, and furniture that looked like it should be roped off, like it wasn't safe to touch. Their two white cats rubbed against my sneakers. My bed was tucked under the slanted ceiling in Mandy's bedroom. It was like sleeping in a boat's cabin, and I could stay as long as I needed. Bronze and gold animal figurines lined the windowsill that looked out on the ocean. I rearranged them. I remember Grace giving her name to the Alma pool attendant, then saying, and my daughters. Each